You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. As a church body, we are participating in a very sacred event and a sacred uh, uh, process here with an ordination, the laying on of the hands, uh, the ordaining of a man for ministry. And with that, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 22, lay hands suddenly on no man. And what he is saying is, don't go about this too rashly. Don't, don't lay hands on somebody too quickly. And with that, there is an expectation that they have proved them, themselves. There's an expectation uh, that they have, uh, they have uh, demonstrated that they are not a novice. And so uh, here, for the last five years, we have observed Brother Jordan, uh, and there has been much growth, and there's been maturity. Uh, Brother Treber, when I uh, met with Brother Treber before I made an offer for Brother Jordan to, uh, for a position here, he said, now, Brother Kerry, he said, he's a bull in a china shop. And, you know, uh, just, just with that, uh, the, the zeal, uh, and what he was saying, there's zeal and there's no knowledge yet. He said he's going he's gonna to knock things over. Uh, and, you know, it's just been a blessing. You know, as a pastor, especially having uh, staff that are coming right out of Bible college, you know, we are, we are not expecting to see somebody come with everything already dialed in. And it's a blessing to not only see them grow and mature, it's a blessing to be a part of that. And we're thankful for the things that uh, we have been able to uh, observe and the things that uh, you have accomplished and done. And uh, it's just been a blessing. Uh, so, uh, and it says that, uh, that with that, uh, here with, uh, uh, with lay your hands suddenly on no man, uh, there, is, there is a time, though, then to lay hands on somebody. And I believe that that is the, the time. And so, uh, we know that every believer has gifts. When you got saved... You are given a gift. You are given multiple gifts. First of all, you are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift. I mean, God has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Upon salvation, uh, you receive Him, Romans 8 and 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be, that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit, he is none of his. And, you know, if you're saved tonight, you have the Spirit of God in your life. And the Spirit of God is a gift that He has given to every one of His children. But not only as a child of God were you given the gift of the Spirit of God, when you became a child of God, He also gave you spiritual gifts. There are spiritual gifts, not only the gift of the Spirit, but then spiritual gifts. Uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse number 4 through 8 says, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, 
So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of, of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, uh, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And so here what do we find? We find these gifts that God gives uh, to us when we were uh, when we were saved, and some uh, we may have uh, one gift, we may have a few gifts, uh, but our spiritual gifts are things that God has given to every one of His children. First Corinthians chapter two verses one through eleven uh, lists some gifts uh, as well uh, that are there, but but when it comes to a place of ministry, God often gives a gift of enablement to accomplish the job that he has called us to do. Here, when we look at our passage of Scripture, we see that there was a gift given with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. And so here, there, this, is, this is not just a show of what we are doing tonight. We are following a biblical principle. We are following a directive that God has given with expectation that the Spirit of God is going to give Jordan the gifts that he needs to accomplish the ministries that he has called him uh, to do. And so uh, Timothy, when he was ordained by the elders, he received an enabling gift uh, from God when the, the elders had laid hands on him. But for some reason, we find here in the pastoral epistles, we find Paul writing to this young pastor, and he is correcting him based on what he is doing with that gift. He's correcting him because in 1 Timothy, he gives one admonition. 2 Timothy, he comes back again, dealing with the spiritual gift that was received at the laying on of the hands. And I think tonight we are going to just look at this. And Brother Jordan, we're going to sort of draw a circle around us. And everybody else just gets to listen. Uh, but primarily, I'm talking to you tonight. God has given and will give you the gifts that you need to accomplish His work. And with that being the case, you've got to steward that gift. It is not something that you can just take haphazardly. It is not something that you can just disregard. And so I want you to go with me again uh, back to our text here. 1 Timothy chapter 4. In verse number 10, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth. 
He said, uh, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give, it, uh, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Uh, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And so here, when we look at this, uh, we see here where he says in verse number 14, neglect not the gift uh, that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. And so tonight, I want to speak to you on that subject, neglect not, neglect not. Father, I pray that you would bless now in this time and the Spirit of God just work and uh, meet with us this evening. I pray that each of us that are here will be yielded and uh, yielded to your leading in our lives. But I pray, God, that you would work in a mighty way. I pray that you would just uh, uh, use this truth uh, to impact, uh, solidify in the life of Brother Jordan uh, these truths that you had given to a young preacher. And I pray that 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 would be the case tonight. Uh, just uh, help us as we uh, are uh, listening to this message for Christ's sake. Amen. The word here, neglect, is the word amileo, amileo, and it is to care not. It's to feel no concern or interest. And here he is saying, neglect not. Uh, don't get to the point where you don't care about the gifts and callings of God. Don't get to the place where you don't care about what God has done in your life. And, and in the uh, ministries of the years of ministry I have been uh, in, I have been where there are pastors and evangelists and missionaries who, who have somewhere along the line, they have lost the call of God on their life. They have neglected uh, the calling of God. And the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And here, uh, Timothy, for Paul to look and to write to Timothy and tell him not to neglect the gift, there was something that was putting a flag up. There was something that was telling this veteran preacher that there's a problem here. And he's telling him that he is not to neglect the gift that he has been given. And, and you know, uh, Sometimes there, there, there are people where they will disconnect from, from ministry. Uh, it is almost as if the ministry is just another job. And let me tell you something, the ministry is not just another job. Uh, the ministry is not just uh, something where if a better job comes up that you go and find it. Uh, that is not the reason for anybody to get into the ministry. Uh, and uh, with, with that, uh, you know... There shouldn't be anything that could get you sidetracked uh, from what God has called you to do. He said, neglect not the gift, uh, neglect not the call, neglect not the giftings of God in your life. You know, nobody is here tonight trying to manipulate or persuade or uh, force you into going into the ministry full time. 
This is a decision that you are making and have made already, but now as you are taking uh, another step of ministry, nobody is coercing you to do anything. This is a decision that you are making by the leading of God in your life. But there's coming a time when you are going to be discouraged. There's coming time when you are going to be disillusioned with the ministry. There's time coming where you will find yourself in a place of despair and and if you're not careful, you will, you will talk yourself out of the calling of God in your life. And let me tell you something. God says, neglect not the gift. Neglect not. Uh, don't allow yourself to be get disconnected uh, from the calling of God in your life. Don't allow yourself to get, to get to a place where you don't care what God has done in the past. You see, the gifts and callings of God, uh, they are uh, the special sovereign plan of God. He allows us to be a part of his plan. And when he calls someone into the ministry, uh, there is a special place there. And here, as uh, God has called you, uh, it is God who will keep you. Not only has God called you, he is going to keep you, he is going to keep your family, he is going to keep your ministry, it, is, it, it all belongs to him. And you have got to keep your focus on the Lord himself. You've got to keep your focus on him. And he said, neglect not. What is he saying? Don't, he said, uh, don't let it get cold. And don't let it get old. Our people are tired of hearing my testimony of salvation. You hear it on the first and third Sunday of every month. And you're going to keep on hearing it in the first and third Sunday. You know why? Because I'm not going to let it get old and I'm not going to let it get cold. You know, the gifts of God are that way as well. The calling of God is that way as well. And we don't want to allow anything uh, to draw us away from that. And so what is the instruction? How do we keep it from that being the case? He said in verse 15, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly unto them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Thy property may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Uh, the statement here, take heed, it literally means to keep, to watch over, to guard. And he's saying you need to guard yourself. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And so he's saying, take heed unto yourself. He's saying, you better know yourself. You better watch guard, walk guard around yourself. Yeah, there is a target on you. And the devil wants to destroy. And with that being the case, you've got to walk guard. You've got to be aware of the, the, uh, the uh, impact that's there. He said to keep, to watch over, to guard. He said guard yourself. He said and the doctrine. Doctrine, that is our truth. That's the teachings. And so here when we're saying the doctrines, it's the teachings of the Word of God. And, you know, uh, you've got to walk guard around that. Why? Because people are going to try to tweak 
and they're going to try to twist, and they are going to try to change the, the teachings that have been handed to you. Uh, the very same thing that he said in 1 Timothy 2.2, 2, uh, where he said that the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Uh, what was it? 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Uh, it was, you have been given uh, the doctrines. You have been given the teachings. You have the truth. And he said, don't let anybody change it. You better walk guard around it. We are living in a society where everybody, it is unbelievable the amount of people that are trying to change the doctrines of the Word of God. Uh, they are trying to change it. They are trying to compromise it. And the reason you have to walk guard on it is because if you change, everybody that you influence will change. And it is so vital. Somebody has to be the one that's going to stand. And the pastors have got to stand. Uh, those that are in uh, ministry, we have got to stand for truth. We have got to walk guard around it. Uh, the, uh, walk guard around yourself. You've got to walk guard around uh, the, the doctrines. Why? Because there are so many things that are trying to be changed. And you know what? The things that they're changing are the very same things that have brought success and blessings of God in your life and why do we want to change them we want to change them because it's easier we live in a day where nobody wants authority they don't want rules they don't want boundaries they don't want guidelines they don't want preaching they want somebody to get up and say thus saith the Lord and you've got to watch. You've got to keep, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. He said, continue in them. The word continue is the word meno, and it means to continue a certain state. Continue what is already established. Continue. He said, Continue a certain state, condition, or activity to remain, to stay, to reside, to carry on. That is what the word means. And with that, uh, we don't have the right to change things. We don't have the right to come in and make our own improvisions on how we think it ought to be. Uh, it is what we have been given is truth. And as we look at the word of God, it's validated. Then what do we do? We have to walk guard on. We've got to keep we've got to continue in them and he says for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee it's not just about you it's bigger than that and you're doing what you are supposed to do is not only going to bring the protection and the blessings of God in your life but you will save yourself. Save yourself salvation? No, save yourself from the destruction that comes. The judgment that comes. You save yourself and them that hear thee. But you're going to have to stand when nobody wants you to stand. You're going to have to neg not neglect that gift and calling of God. You don't do what you do because it works. You do what, it, what you do because God said to. 
We follow the preaching, we follow the teachings of God, not in order to build a church. We follow them to be obedient to the Almighty. The Bible says that in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith. It's happening. They will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And what we're finding is because the people won't receive it, the preachers are changing. You know what? You ought to hold me accountable. I want to be accountable. And I am. If I started teaching something was wrong, we've got enough faithful, godly people in this building right here that they'd stand up. Hey, that's not right. That ought to be the case. But we also have to stand up to one another when they start going down the wrong path. Because what will happen is it will change an entire ministry. He said, uh, thou shalt save thyself and them. Uh, The word save is sozo. And it means to deliver from sin and consequential judgment. He said, you're saving yourself from the judgment, the, the fallout for making wrong decisions. It will save you and those Uh, that are there. So he said, neglect not the gift. And so we see that here uh, in 1 Timothy. The first admonition was to neglect not. Uh, Then secondly, 2 Timothy, I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 6. We find this second uh, admonition uh, of Timothy regarding his gift. Again, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 6. He said, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. And so now the Apostle Paul is not only saying, don't neglect the gift, he said, you stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Uh, You have to personally be responsible to keep yourself going. You've personally got to be uh, there stirring up the gift of God, uh, stirring up the calling of God in your life, because nobody else is going to do it for you. You have to do it yourself. Stir up the gift. The word stir is to revitalize. It is to rekindle. It is like a fire that has to be rebuilt. You know, just like a fire, that wood goes on and it burns and it gets hot. But after a little bit of time, pretty soon that fire, uh, that wood, it starts to burn up. And and all of a sudden it starts getting uh, down to just some coals. And if you don't add some more fuel to that fire, if you don't pull those embers together, that fire will go out. And let me tell you something, over and over again in your ministry, you're going to have to stir up the gift. You're going to have to be the one that stirs that up. And let me tell you, that's the same for all of us as a believer. Uh, we have to realize what God has already done in our life, and we have to stir it up. We've got to remember what He has done and where He has brought us from, the gifts that He has given to us. Salvation, what a wonderful gift. But let me tell you, as a, as a uh, minister of the gospel, you have got to stir up the gift of God in your own life. You have to stir it up. You have to revitalize it. You have to be the person that is going to rekindle that fire over and over again. And it is not going to be a one-time event. 
season after season, it has to be rekindled. It has to be restirred. And Paul here is saying, Timothy, he said, get some new tender. Pull those coals back together. Get some more shavings. Get some more tender. And you start uh, putting that on that coal. He says, I, I want you to get down there close to it. And blow on it. And add some breath. And what you'll find is it'll start smoldering again. And pretty soon a little flame will launch up and grab a hold of that tender and it'll start a fire again and you can throw some more wood on. And pretty soon, it was at first it was just a little bit of heat coming off of those coals, but in just a little bit you've got a blazing fire that's going to be able to impact not just you, but those that are around you. George Whitfield used to say, uh, they'd say, how do you get uh, the thousands of people to come and listen to you preach? And he would be preaching out on the, the hillsides of, of England and he said I let my, light myself on fire and people come to watch me burn let me tell you you're going to have to learn how to start your own fire nobody else can light your fire but when it comes to having the breath blowing onto those coals you need the spirit of God in your life Without the power of God in your life, you will not make it. He, he is the only one that will keep you going. He said that you need to stir up the gifts of God. The gifts of God have to be stirred. There are going to be, uh, bu there's busyness in ministry and there are battles and there are going to be storms and the bellows are going to be against you. Uh, and there are going to be times where you need to be reflect, uh, refreshed and revitalized and, uh, and, and rekindling a fire of God in your life. And you have to figure out what it's going to take to keep your fire going. You have to be the one that recognizes recognizes uh, what you have to do. Be self-aware enough to know where you're at. There's times where you just got to get away a little bit. There are times where I just turn my light off in my office. Sometimes Mrs. Patterson will recognize I'm in there and she's got a sign. She already's got it made up. Do not disturb and she'll put it on my door. There are times where I just get in my car and or my truck and I take a drive where I've just got to get alone. No distractions, no phone calls, nobody to bring anything to you. There's times where you just have to get alone by yourself. You've got to stir up the gift. Not only can we not neglect the gift, We've got to stir up the gift. How are we going to do that? You have to know the encouragers in your life. You have to know the encouragers. You know, when I preach, there are people that, there are people that I look to. You know why? Because I know they're with me. He said, well, Pastor, we're all with you. You don't all show me you're with me. 
you know, those that are showing me they're with me, I mean, they're engaged and they're listening and there's amens, there's smiles. Uh, there, there is connection with that. And what is that? That, is, that helps me. That I know where my encouragers are. There are people that I call. that When I know I need to be encouraged, there are people that I call. There are pastor friends that I call. Uh, there are other people, just uh, friends that I call. Uh, what is it? You have to know who those encouragers are. You better have a list of them because you're going to need the list, and it's going to need to grow. Uh, but but there, you have to know uh, how to rekindle, how to stir up that gift. And part of that is, is uh, knowing who your encouragers are in your life. And with that, let me encourage you, and I've taught, taught this to you before, do not dump on your wife. Do not bring the weight of ministry and place it on your wife's shoulders. If you discourage your chief encourager, you have no encouragement. And you have to guard her heart. And if you're not careful, you can vent. You can bring problems home. Let me tell you, I'll tell that to all you men. Be careful on what you share with your wife. Oh, we have no secrets, Pastor. That is not wisdom speaking. I'm not talking about hiding things. I'm talking about there are some things that you don't need to share because it is just going to bring injury. You know, somebody was short with you. You know, guys, somebody gets mad at me. Yeah, all right. I mean, I have literally gotten in fist fights with people, and the next day we are friends. Now, ladies aren't that way. I mean, she looked at me funny, and you still remember that girl in, in seventh grade. Third grade, yeah, third grade. And you, you take problems in ministry home to your wife, and you will build a wall between her and the people in ministry we're wired different. And if we're not careful, we'll create a dislike for the ministry. They say, Pew Research did a survey, 80% of pastors' wives do not want to be a pastor's wife. And we wonder how come there are so few in ministry? How come there's so much tragedy Man, I'm blessed. You're blessed. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. So know who the encouragers are in your life. Know who the stabilizers are in your life. There are times where, if you're not careful, you can go off grid. You can, you can get offline. You need people around you that are going to be honest enough with you and tell you when you're wrong. you got to stir up that gift, but you've got to have people around you that will keep, keep some boundaries right. Keep things straight in your life. And you've got to figure out who those people are. Nobody can legislate that to you. You have to give that leadership to people in your life. 
And when you do, you've got to allow them to have that veto power, that, that guiding influence in your life. Proverbs 27, 17, the Bible says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. And we've got to stir up uh, the gifts that are, uh, God has given, uh, the special places that stir you, uh, special verses that stir you, uh, but most of all, a uh, special place where you get along with God and He stirs you. I, I go to 1 Kings chapter number 19, and in 1 Kings 19, we have Elijah coming down off Mount Carmel, a great victory. And after a great victory, we have a great defeat. Discouragement comes. In 1 Kings 19, 4 to 9, he says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. I always laugh at that passage of Scripture. Uh, here Jezebel was chasing him, trying to kill him. If he really wanted to die, all he had to do was stay still. <laughs> uh, he's running, but he's saying, just let me die, God. No, you just stay put. You're going to die. Uh, she'll take care of that. Uh, but And said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink, and he went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? You know, there are places where you've got to get alone just so you can hear the voice of God. The most important relationship in our life is the relationship with God. But he will not call your phone. He will not send you a text. He will not send you a dozen emails. And he will not hit you with a bunch of posts. And everything that is unimportant will scream and clamor for your time. But what is most important, you have to prioritize. And that is your walk with God. And you can't sacrifice and you can't skimp when it comes to time with God. Later in the verses, verse number 12, he said, And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out. And stood in the entering of the cave, and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? God speaking in a still, small voice. And you've got to recognize that voice, and you've got to listen. And not only do you need to recognize and listen, you need to obey it and follow his instruction. You see, as we serve the Lord and 
follow him in the wonderful opportunity of ministry. And it is. What a great calling. You have to know, though, that it's God that's called you. And with that, neglect not and stir up. And if you take those two points right there, that will help you stay on, on track. And there are a lot of people that will get off track, and there are a lot of people that end up leaving ministry. And if you stay in ministry, it's not because you're a better person. It's not because you just have a better uh, moral compass or anything else. If you're going to stay in ministry, it's because of what you do with those with the gift that God has given to you. And you can't neglect it, and you've got to stir it up. So with that, we are going to go into our, our ordination process. And before we do, I've got a video uh, from Pastor Trever uh, that I want you to see. He wasn't able to be here, of course, uh, but he, he wanted to be a part of the service. So we have a video that I want to draw your attention to at this time. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.